Hello, welcome to the Bossit Podcast with Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. This podcast is released every week and is an over-the-shoulder look of a frank and candid discussion between two experienced software executives, providing you with useful tips, techniques, and the latest concepts to help you grow your software business in the fast-paced digital age. So let's get into it. Here is Mark Edwards and Michael Humblett. Bossit podcast. Hello, Mark. Another Bossit podcast. How are you? Good. I've got I've got a bit of an admission to make, though. Oh. I've got a confession to make to a you. Confession is better. Yeah. Yes. Tell me. I've I've been doing a bit of moonlighting while you've been away. Well, so, as a non-native speaker, I do not <laughs> understand that word. I mean, I guess what moonlighting is for me is something either with liquor or it's like pulling your pants down and showing <laughs> the back of your front. Right. <laughs> No, it's completely on a side <laughs> note. The most there is a, every year there is a list published with the most stupid debts. And on number one, a few years ago, there was listen to this. They found a wreck of a plane, a little small plane, and they found two young guys in there, both with their pants on their uh, on their knees. <laughs> and it took them a, f- a few hours to figure out what happened. And what happened was another pilot came in and he said, you know what happened? I'm flying in my, my chestnut plane and suddenly I see next to my wing another plane and I see two guys pulling their pants down and showing their, their bottom cheeks or how they call it. And, <laughs> and suddenly I see them dive down. So they lost control and they crashed the plane. <laughs> I, I love your phrases. I mean, what was that you said to me? It's it's either somebody taking alcohol or somebody showing them their back front. Did you say? Yeah. So I I do it with my kids. I have to explain <laughs> stuff. I say, is it the front of your back or is it the back of your front? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. So I didn't do any anything to do with alcohol or showing the back of my front. <laughs> it's like really nicely phrased, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. I love these. We ought to create a little book, perhaps. <laughs> Michaelisms, okay. we call them. No, so what, what, I was actually, what, what yes. I was actually doing, I did an interview with James White. Now, James White, um, he'd previously been a shareholder as a founder of a company called InTouch which was a CRM business. And I'd known, known James for quite some time. Um, and actually, I was, on, I was a guest on one of his podcasts a couple of years ago. And I had, I had a conversation with him the other day, and he was talking about the mistakes that he's made in starting that business. And I love it when people are open enough to say, I've made some mistakes and I've learned by them. Because so much, you know, sometimes you meet people and you think, wow, super people, they've never made a mistake. And I think you, you, you learn a lot. You learn a lot through making mistakes. And it, and it actually proved to be a really interesting conversation. So I think it's episode 25 now. So we're now jumping on to 26. I didn't want you to think suddenly, what happened to 25? I thought we were on 25. And you find out somebody else had appeared. Because he's co-author of a, a book so, as well called so, Sales Genius. So you're basically telling me that after all these months of hard work, you're, you've cheated on me. Well, yes, it does feel a little <laughs> bit like that. Yes. <laughs> 
I did I did mention you and he said I've never heard of him I'm sorry of never <laughs> really really nice of you yeah, yeah. no but he's just send him to YouTube yeah, to YouTube. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the book comes out I think next week and there are some free copies to whoever responds the quickest when we finally post the podcast so it's going to go up there's going to be a link to the book but we're giving away five copies we're get, actually we're giving away four copies because I'm keeping one of them just so we're going to give away four so copies to the first person just to understand, Mark, you mean your book or no, James's book? James's book. Ah, James. James's book. My book. I couldn't give away five copies of my book. I know why. No, it doesn't come out to November. Money for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it starts at a hundred pounds minimum, minimum, and that's if I like you. Yeah. God, that that's how our relationship is going to go forward from <laughs> now. I did. I did mention you. I did mention you. I was thinking of you at the time, and I think there were some there were some good points that he brought up. But actually, the main part of the conversation was was about you know his experience in the software industry, and and I really liked it because he was very open. He, he admitted he'd made mistakes, and yeah. and some of the things that he was saying are, are points that we've made on these podcasts in the past. You know about focus and so on, and how that really affected him. So it is an interesting podcast, and I think for for listeners listening to this, and you didn't listen to that one, it's worth going back and and having a listen. He's a nice guy as well. Mm -hmm. so, perfect, perfect. Yeah, I'll listen to it with pleasure. So, what have you been up to? Have you got anything to talk about this week? So it's been a very busy, busy week. Um, one thing that struck me uh, yesterday was I was sitting. I talked about this company several times already. A company called Sweebright. They make SaaS software for real estate brokers, so they simplify the administration. And they, in the beginning, they they, they struggled with their positioning. So in the beginning, they positioned themselves. Let's say pretty low as in it's i'm just saying something i don't know the exact price is something like 50 pounds per person per month and then they they went for the companies that had like three to seven users and then when i was there we scaled it up and now they've completely rechanged their pitch again to much much bigger companies could you so just say the company name again it didn't come out right. sweep bright sweep bright yes dot B B R I G H T or I T E? Yes, yes. G H T. Sweep Bright. I'm going to have a look at that while you're talking, actually. Yeah. So tell so, us about Sweep Bright. Yeah. So um, interestingly, one of the things that always comes back to me at a certain stage is this company selling a software is adding some kind of form of service. Right. And especially when you think about if your goal is to become a true platform. So think. Uh, HubSpot, for instance, like mm. a marketing automation platform. Think Salesforce. At a certain stage, you need to integrate um, lots of other tools because if you are the platform, you need to be able to connect with all the others. That, that's one, and that's a big challenge. Mm. Uh, and number two, because you're the platform, you fundamentally uh, have change management with your customers because they have to adapt to a new way of working. Yes. So I always try to cut out and carve out as much services as possible and basically focus on the software sales and then have other suppliers or say build APIs and let others do it. And they actually went the other route and they said, no, no, we, we're going we're gonna to try something else because we see this change management. It is actually one of the big problems that we see. So we want to be the true experts. We want to be the one-stop shop. So they added a lot of services within their sales process. So within their sales process, they say, okay, this is software. This is the problem it's going to solve. But on top, 
we have uh, a team ready to help you with your change management and we'll take you from A to C with three steps. You can't do everything in one go and they actually put a price on it. It had an immediate impact in the way they, they were closing deals. They are actually closing deals much faster. Are we, to, are we talking, because of the company I'm looking at, they're very specialized and they're providing a platform for real estate agencies. Exactly. Okay. These are the right guys. Yeah. One app to run your agency Yeah. is their take yeah. one. So it's, it's a platform. Huh? So yeah. if you have one app, it means you need to connect to hundreds of other systems. But I find it very intriguing that they, they made the decision of adding a lot more services. In essence, a professional services, in essence, to help. Uh, the companies they deal with to go through that transition. But if I think about it, if I think to a HubSpot, they actually also have tons and tons of professional services sitting there. And in the beginning, you need to scale that. Mm. So I was really intrigued by the story and, and because I always wanted to carve it out. So I'm basically saying I might have been wrong in the past. So I'm looking at it again with a fresh mind and thinking purely from a sales tactical point of view, it does make a lot of sense. Because you know when you buy, you go through, I call it attention, people need to notice you, then trust, they trust you because you're an expert or social proof. And then the third part is always what I call structure. You need to be able to say, one, two, three, Mark, it's like you. You say, with Boss Equity, we have a process called EVA and we do it one, two, three, four, five steps. It's going to make your life easy. Structure gives peace of mind to people. Mm. So mm. that's what they're doing. So they added the piece of uh, professional services. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking, looking at the website now. They're talking about a fully digital journey. And as you say, it seems to be the interconnectivity with other applications is, is a big yeah. part of their strengths. That is because you, you create a lot of speed. Eh? So you have all the yeah. silos if you connect them all. I mean, think HubSpot. I'm, I, the HubSpot is marketing automation. So what do they have? They have the landing pages. They have the SEO kind of stuff around it. But they also added CRM. So they're basically being a platform. You connect, and then you connect I, all the other systems around you. you you've, you've, you've actually jumped onto a subject there that I think we could spend the next three podcasts talking about. <laughs> it's a massive which, subject, which, which is, which is that, that, that interconnectivity. Because... Yeah. Because if you think about it, I, you were at the seminar. Was it last week we were doing the seminar in London? Yeah, yeah last week. Yeah, yeah. And, last and, week. and actually, you know, because we've been involved in, in this industry for some time, um, sometimes you don't necessarily see it as it really is because you're totally immersed in it. But it's, it's a fairly immature industry when you, com you compare to, you know, sort of engineering <laughs> or, or, you know, a number of other even airline industries have been around longer than the software company as it's still yeah. fairly immature, which means that what you tend to see is, 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 is the pace fast change because there's so much there that they, that, that can be innovated and it's moving very quickly and it's picking up in pace. So there's, there's lots and lots of change. And when, you know, I can remember back into the 80s and 90s when companies were jumping on board and seeing IT as being their savior of being able mm -hmm. to do so much. I think it was there was there was a bit of a hype in in the fact that I think people realized that it wasn't quite as easy as they thought. It didn't deliver <laughs> to quite the extent that mm -hmm. the, the just designing 
the processes and what they needed to be able to run their businesses more effectively, whatever that is, you know, yeah. they, it worked in silos. And I think mm -hmm. that we've had, um, we've had that type of solution and we are now on, on a, I hate to use this phrase, is a cliche sh phase, uh, a phrase that comes from America about the tipping point. But mm -hmm. I, I think it does apply in this, in this circumstance is that now we're moving into that, that connectivity. There's a very good book by a professor Schwab, Schwab, I think his name is, which is called okay. the fourth industrial revolution. Yeah. 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 I've read it. Yeah. Very, very good. And it's, it's about the networks. It's about the technology that's available. It's about all of those bits of technology that are currently being overhyped to hell. And by the way, software tech companies don't lead on that. <laughs> they, no, you know, no, data no. analytics, RPA, RPA, AI, all of that. That's been done so many times and that, that's a short-termist approach. Um, but I think what is, is genuinely happening now is that the APIs and connectivity is a genuine solution that can happen that much, much more quickly than in the past. <laughs> and that really starts to generate some genuine power for businesses and what it and what it enables you to be able to do is to see what's going on within your business and to be able to have real insight and control and then be able to make decisions about how your business runs in future and of course all solutions are about increasing efficiency lowering costs providing better customer service you know how many how many software tech businesses have we set, seen that are talking about that but we now are at that point where the technology starts to come together more as a whole rather than silos. And the other thing is, you know, do we now need those really long, long implementations and lots and lots of outside consultants to be able to do it? As things get easier, and they will, it will be solutions that will be able to be implemented by the people within the business that actually knows the organization. So you don't have to bring in somebody who's going to get spend three months getting to understand what your business really does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It can it can be designed by people who know it, who live it every single day. So yeah. your your business here, Sweep, right? They seem to be on a, a trend that I can see really happening out there. It's, they are doing they are doing really well also. Yeah. 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 I mean it's really good to see. Love that. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's one of those industries that's that 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 needs a shake up. Uh, that that needs. To, I mean, it's so old school. Some of what things they are doing. Uh, and, but, but he he mentioned some. I mean, like intriguing things. For instance, one of the things you see in the real estate world, and to to to, to talk about business models and integrations, is you you also by the way you have the same in UK. Is you have these platforms where you can post a house, and then you have the on one side all the brokers posting houses. On the other side, you have people looking and then trying to buy. And the way they monetize is they they ask for a fee, or they ask a certain percentage of of things you do. Now, most of these real estate brokers they're all there, but if you really think about it, the really advanced ones they just post it on Facebook, and sometimes they've sold their house even before they go to the to the distribution platform networks. Oh. So actually they're cutting, starting to cut out because they don't like them So they, because they're taking money for some. So they're basically starting to cut them out and go straight to the end user. Can I say something negative about Sweet, right? You can, yes. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, and this is only just looking at it for a few minutes. I think 
I think that they've 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 done well because that they're just this is just looking at their website. Obviously, I haven't looked at the rest of the marketing and what their key marketing messages, but they seem to have pulled those out. And it's a fairly simple website. You know, it's none of those sort of two hundred page monsters with lots of acronyms on. Mm -hmm. um, but it's fairly forgettable. Uh, their, their branding and designing is, is pretty good, and they're don't forget, yeah. No, I'm not talking about branding. They only exist. They only exist. It's a startup. A eh? startup moving to scale up. Yeah. They don't exist so long. Um, I, it's a very high converting website. Also, uh, something I learned. It's not always the most beautiful ones. Uh, so I give them some oh, credit. I don't. And I don't think yes, wrong the design. I think the branding. I think the branding in the colors. It's modern. It's uncluttered. It's clean. I mm -hmm. just think they need a. a a cohesive narrative to run through that to make it memorable because it's a lot of bits of information they're throwing at you, but they're very close. Yes, I, I, and it'll be might be right. Sure. They're very close. It's yeah. a tuning thing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Good, yeah. good stuff. It's good to see that. I, yeah. I wanted to talk actually because it sort of links uh, from what you're talking about there, and it also links back to the conversation I had with James White about failing. Mm -hmm. And um, talk about Slack. So yeah. have you used Slack? Slack? Yes, yes. I have a lot of my clients use Slack. So they open channels and they put me into that. And I've basically started refusing because I was in like 30 channels and I, I was following everything and I was going nuts. So I, I know how it works. It's, it's, it's amazing. They scaled also with a classic domination strategy and let everybody use it. Very engineering. But I, I like it a lot. Uh, I have to say one comment, Mark, to be not negative, but Slack is not really my thing. I mean, I just I'm just still faster with other tools than Slack. Let's let's mm. say it like that. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I I think that they would probably say then they're not they've got a solution and no solutions for everybody. But yeah. I think what what we can say about them, this is what 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 this podcast is about. It's it's what Boss Equity is about. Is is being successful in the software industry. They've done that. They have mm -hmm. been successful. Um, it's not yeah. the end of the journey for them, but they've done no, it no, exceedingly no. well. Because I don't know if you know about the beginnings. I think the the co-founders of the business, uh, James Stewart and Cal Henderson. James yeah. Stewart, I know pretty sure, he was. they were involved in gaming. That's where yeah. they started. And they failed. <laughs> they, they actually <laughs> spent years creating games and trying to relaunch them and trying to get the success didn't work didn't work kept trying didn't work and then they they actually decided that that they needed to try and do something completely different and yeah. they used some of the knowledge and some of the skills that they had and they created Flickr are you familiar with Flickr I mean I am I'm a yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the picture the, that's what you use for your, for your pictures no? yeah absolutely and, and yeah, I thought yeah. when that I, I don't know, I can't remember when I first started using it, but it would have been fairly early on. That was the best uh, platform for photographers worldwide. Um, yeah, there was, there was I something, remember. I mean, I remember that they, I think they had six billion images up on that platform at one time. And, and I mean, it was amazing because throughout the world you had people who were perhaps taking photographs on their iPhone and they wanted a place to store them to share with their family to mm -hmm. top professionals, top amateurs, some really talented new photographers who were sharing their images, interacting with other photographers. There were 
thousands of groups, if not millions, I don't know how many there were, on every subject that you can think of within photography. And it was it really was a learning platform. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody was near them at that time and a tremendous success. I don't know when these two guys sort of stepped back and moved on, but it, it was bought and sold a number of times. Um, Yahoo was involved and I think they had other focus and they stopped innovating. I still use the site, but it's I true. Nothing changed. You're no. right. People drifted away. They they were dominant within the market. I mean, I can't remember what the valuations were, but they were successful. So they'd created dominance with a yeah. platform that was really working. It was providing a service. People were paying to use it. It must have been generating money. I think it was yeah. sold to a company that didn't have the focus. They didn't really want to invest. I think I also believe that some of the people that were really at the heart and really understood their market sort of drifted away. They didn't necessarily understand their customer. And now, well, it's it's not dead. I still post, but um, people have drifted away to Facebook. There's 500 pixels. There's a number of other sites, whereas mm -hmm. Flickr could have continued that domination. Um, and it, it could, it could have been such a different story, really would. But yeah. it, it came down to the lack of innovation. Now they've moved on onto Slack, and and another success. Um, so really impressed to see what those guys do. Hey, it's probably similar to yourself. I, I've I've tried Slack. We didn't stick with it as an organisation because we'd use we'd learned to use Skype mm -hmm. in, in a way that worked for us. And yeah. I think if I was if I was choosing today, I'd go with Slack. But probably of, because of the integrations, that you can fully fully automate, which is just not possible with Skype. No, no, that's right. And I and I think that the the way that you can present information to each other, I think for 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 development teams, I think that that Slack great great product. But yeah. they they are a success. I mean, I think uh, the last I'd heard. 10, 10 million users a week on that platform. Oh, Maybe more than that's, that. That's good. The one thing that I um, always find amazing is now they changed that thing, but if you would go to their website a few months ago, they just had one page. They had one yeah. small page. I find it amazing. And it just said like one sentence and then a bit of an animated graph. And that was it. Amazing. Crazy. I'm always talking about landing pages, CTAs. It's just... That's What's a, a very clear value prop. I mean, the thing that I'm always interested in, and you know, I'd mentioned about our um, our unicorn, our, our Unisys white paper. Um, we just, I think, we're just publishing mm -hmm. it uh, Monday, but we're all looking at those really successful smaller companies and the most successful unicorn companies, and we're pulling out the common denominators. If we're looking at Slack, okay, what are the key things from your perspective? Why have they been successful when there's many other collaboration platforms and solutions they, that have failed? They came from a very engineering angle, right? They came from a very engineering angle, and it's a free tool. So they did the domination strategy, so everybody can, can use it. And I think when they started, they did something nobody else did. It was very – I remember when I first saw it a, few, a while ago, it was almost coding. You had to know code. And yeah. you had to do all these really complex, for me, complex things. But for coders, they thought it was easy. 
So it really started going from bottom up. It was a real bottom up approach. Secondly, I read a whole story about Slack perfecting their user interface. So they were crazy (laughs) on their user interface and they spent, and then you say the gaming industry comes to play. They spent years actually perfecting that one and A, B, C, D testing. Uh, I actually think there is a book of Google that talks about sprints and the way you set up how Google was built. And it actually talks about Slack, if I remember how they did so much work on the interface. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And that's one of the things that has come out of, um, of our research is, mm-hmm. is that interface really crucial. And, yeah. and I think the, you used the right word, perfecting. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. 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 you know, people, good enough, it's good enough isn't good enough. You've got to perfect that. That is so crucial. It's one of those key things that you've got to get right. And I think because of their background in gaming, that interface it is so critical. And I think the other point is, so they would be, they would be very, very good at designing that interface because if you don't get that right in gaming, you, you're nowhere. But I think the mm-hmm. other thing is they, did like, they designed a solution for themselves. Yeah. But they needed it. And who do you know better than yourself? You know, it's, yeah. And it's about that depth of understanding. So I, they, they would be a couple of things, definitely, that I think was, was part of that success. I think you also have to have the right solution at the right time. There is a timing element to that. Um, and then you need to be able to articulate it to your target market very effectively. But I think, especially in the early days, to establish themselves, they knew who they were targeting, which was people like themselves. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I think they did really, really well. Yeah, so James Stewart, Calla Henderson, well done. Congratulations to you. You've made a success of that. Maybe we, maybe we can get them on our podcast. Yeah. Maybe we should just, invite them. Just invite them, see what happens. Yeah. So what, what else have you been up to this week? I, so, the, the, I mean, I've visited a lot of people. I spent a lot of time uh, filming because HubSpot uh, phoned me and um, asked me to make uh, if no they asked me if they could use one of my videos uh, for a worldwide email campaign on uh, personalized video so I had to get into motion and fix some stuff on my my web you know I am building a new website so it's not live yet and you know how it goes deadlines move and you're like okay I need to fix it but now I said no 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 if they send an email to so many thousands of people, that website needs to be live. So yeah. I spend a lot of time with uh, thinking about content, thinking about um, call to actions and color schemes. You know how that goes. Like it's yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's tough, I think, but it's very rewarding at the end because you make something. I, by the way, Mark, it's something very. My father was a a painter. He was an artist, ah, and okay. all my. My, 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 uh, let's say up to a few years ago, I always felt like I'm not doing real work. I'm not creating something. I was just selling a product or I, I called it selling air sometimes. Do you, and it's, yeah. do you think visually? Yes, completely. Very, very in I, uh, visuals. Yeah. I think you've got an advantage. That's my okay. theory. I have, an, I have this uh, theory that people that think visually, they sort of chunk information and i think it can give you a big advantage when you come across complex subjects i think a lot of people they become overwhelmed by detail and complexity 
Mm-hmm. Um, it quite interesting. I had a conversation earlier this week. Um, it, this was more from a financial perspective, and we were really looking at what needs to be achieved with this business, and and it always seems to come back to the same thing, which is sim- simplify it to make it understandable. Well, it, I, if we jump back to Slack, I just yeah. opened the website and it has one sentence: "Where work happens." Yeah, it's so because it does so yeah. much. It's so simplified. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so to finish the story, to finish the story, yeah. I always felt like I'm not creating, I'm not making something. And it's only since I started my own business and since we started working together and since I'm doing these websites and these producing content and movies that I, for, for, for the first time, feel like it's like I'm really doing, making something. Strange, huh? strange how your mind is wired sometimes differently while other people would say hey, you have a very nice career you're a vp of sales or whatever and i was like no no i'm not making something strange huh? yes yeah yeah you, you, you want to create yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I, so, I, I think yeah. that's i think that's very common with a lot of software entrepreneurs is is one of the motivators is that they're wanting to create something um, and I think that's really important that they understand that about themselves. I come across a lot of founders who <clears> are perhaps less than really less than enchanted about their business because they feel that they're no longer doing that that creative stuff. Yeah, indeed, indeed, could be. Yeah, and they they go very unhappy. Yes, can do. Yeah, and I think that's that that point that make about, you know, hanging on to the business too long. You, you, it's got to work for you. And I think if it doesn't work for you, it probably doesn't work for the company and the employees will suffer when you lose that passion. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. understand what you're saying. You, you know, you need to feel like you're creating something. Yeah. It's, it's I still, it took me a while to, to understand that, um, that, um, I have to say that, um, that it, it's in play and I need to make sure that whatever I do, it has an element of creation in there and, and, and uh, creativity. Talking about creation, I think yeah. I mentioned to you a few weeks ago about the company Funnily Etics, which is F-U-N-N-E-L-Y-T-I-C-S. Yeah, 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 their yeah, website yeah. is dot .io. So Funnily Ah, it's funnily or funnel. It's a, it's a hard one to say, actually. It's the only thing I could probably say against this business. Funnelatics. Funnelatics? Yeah. Funnel Funnel Whitics. So funnel. Dot E-I-T-I-C-S. So F-U-N-N-E-L-Y-T-I-C-S dot I-O. I've been having a look at this business and it keeps popping up for me. Um, we have researchers that are always sort of looking out into the marketplace for mm-hmm. businesses that fit a certain criteria. So we're looking for promise. I'm really quite impressed by what I've seen with these guys so far. Um, really? I think it's quite it's quite a young business. Um, but just go and have a look at their website. I mean, when you mm-hmm. start, you know, we're talking about simplicity. I've learned a little bit more about this company, so I'm even more impressed. Start with... <laughs> map better funnels and what they're offering is actually a free end designer tool so for marketeers and i know the issue around this marketeers that are looking to set up um a flow charts for instance and 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 to be because it can then become quite complex when you've got multiple processes um they're offering that for free 
they i i believe that the market that they're going after is the richard brunson click funnels yeah i wanted to say so so you have some players in that space mm. where one of the bigger ones is click funnels but you you have so what you see by the way in the, if you, if we talk about that space because I, it's a space that intrigues me a lot yes uh, not only do I apply a lot of the techniques, I explain a lot of it. I, I believe there is enormous untapped potential in that space. Absolutely. Um, if you if you look to, for instance, everybody knows Mailchimp, right? Yep. You want to send out emails, email sequence, nothing too complex. Started with newsletters. Suddenly they are adding, um, they are adding um, how to say landing pages. You can now build landing pages because it goes hand in hand. Of course, it's yes. the same thing: an email landing page, whatever you do. Yes. And then you see the landing page builders. For instance, a classic one would be Lead Pages, Unbounce, Squarespace. I mean, you have several of these ones. They're now starting to add email functionality. It's mm. funny, yeah. But if you then look to the platform you're talking about, yeah, they start combining it. Ever, it's like a light version of a HubSpot or a Marketo which are the full-blown, heavy-duty marketing automation systems. Well, click, look at what ClickFunnels did. It, I, yeah. think, I think it was really smart. So they looked at what was happening regarding digital marketing and what, what were the problems that digital marketers had. And we go back to APIs and having lots of bits of technology that you had to try and piece together in order to be able to, to manage and control and make decisions about... Yeah. What you what you were doing in your marketing and and marketing is all about testing. You know you have to make some decisions and you have to set up a process and you have to be able to monitor that and you have to be able to measure it and test it. Well, it was quite difficult because you're using lots of bits of different people's technology. And what ClickFunnels did is, first of all, they came up with a great name. Yeah, ClickFunnels yeah, is yeah. a great name because it creates a visual image. So you start to see this this funnel and people just clicking. And moving down the funnel and that concept yeah. that you know I, I i don't know how much that added to their success but i think it's a major part of it and then if you look at their marketing they were attention grabbing they were different they did lots of video it it showed a bit of individual character it was mainly focused around their ceo richard brunson he, yeah. he wrote books so it was another way to get out into the marketplace to show credibility. Um, some of the videos you could say, well, that looks a bit amateurish. It's a bit shaky. It's him on the run. I don't think, you know, a lot of people, they don't mind that. But it, no. it showed an individuality and there was a, um, it was, you felt that there was a genuine aspect to that, that business. It mm -hmm. was consistency. And I think people will, will put up with flaws if they see it as a flaw. Many people won't. Um, if it's consistent because you know what it is. But I think a lot of technology businesses, A, they don't seem to have any personality. You don't see the people behind them. And it's very inconsistent because there's no real narrative for that business. And you've got lots of different people having an input into it. And you end up with this cogn cognitive dissonance. Yeah. Is, yeah, we talked about it last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Right, what does right. it what does it mean? I don't I don't understand. And something you don't understand, you're not going to engage with. But no. ClickFunnels really did it. Now this company has come in, has probably seen the success, because ClickFunnels are one of those unicorn companies. And by the way, they did that in a few years without outside funding. Yeah. Yeah. Really grow fantastically. 
and now this company's coming um really interesting what they're doing so they're they're leading they've got it very simple if you look at it from the website you could think it's just a design tool but it's not it's far more than that but it's enough to get you hooked in and engaged so yeah, yeah, yeah. well done to um, whoever was behind that i need to play with it mark <laughs> i'm looking at it now and i'm thinking yeah i should have a go at it yeah because i'm playing i do a lot with click funnels Yes, yes, uh, I I've tried a lot yeah. of tools. I do a lot we of tools. I like his book, actually, .com Secrets. It's very B2C, but I believe, uh, we talked about it many times, I believe B2B is changing to B2B2C because you're selling to people within companies. But uh, he really uh, walks the talk. So I, I, yeah. I, I love the strategy. I love the way. The one thing I don't like is he funnels everything the whole time. So even if you're in the software, you get hit by <laughs> You get hit by upsells, uh, uh, clocks that tick down, and games they want to play. I mean, after a while, I go really nervous. and like, don't do this all the time, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Too much. Too much. Yeah, unless you probably buy everything he has, then he leaves you alone. Uh, although I think <laughs> there's always something to sell. <laughs> yeah, come up with something else, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But as you say, he walks his talk, so that, that's a good thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I'm just uh, I'm just looking at the clock. We've been going 30, 36 minutes. Good God! Okay. Doesn't doesn't time fly when you're having fun? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so, Mark. Then then let's call it a day. It's a good idea. Yeah. So thanks for your time today. Um, as always, this is Bossit Podcast. Love to hear your feedback, questions, whatever you want to hear. Come back to us. Give us some feedback. It's always very useful. And um, thanks very much, Michael. Speak to you soon. Thank- Speak to you soon. Thank you, Mark. Bye. Bye-bye.